statements that at first glance may seem absurd or self-contradictory because it seems like they're saying two different opposite things. But when we further investigate the matter, what we're going to find is that the Bible doesn't contradict itself. Rather, in many places, it complements, it completes itself. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us on the Financial Pathway Podcast with Nate Skelly, where we discuss important financial questions and give you practical advice to guide you on your financial journey. If you enjoy the podcast, consider subscribing and leaving us a review. You can also follow the Financial Pathway page on Facebook for more helpful financial tips and videos. So last year, I did a couple episodes on the idea of biblical paradox, and I wanted to add a third. It's been a little while. Keep in mind, a paradox is a seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement that when you investigate it, it may prove to be well-founded or true. Uh, so there's a lot of famous paradoxes out there. Maybe you've heard of the card paradox. If you can picture this in your mind, imagine you have a deck of cards and, and you pick up one card and it says, the statement on the next card is true. And then you pick up the next card and it says, the statement on the previous card is false. Now, I'll save you some time and, and a little bit of a headache. It's a paradox. It's it's a self-contradictory, self-defeating statement. They can't both be true. Another famous paradox is the ship of Theseus. Maybe you've heard of that one before. It goes back to a Greek mythology. There was this ship that would take a yearly voyage. And over the many years that it was in service, it gradually became uh, was repaired. You know, The boards, as they began to rot would be replaced with new boards until eventually the ship was entirely replaced. Every board of the ship had been replaced with a new one. And then the question was posed, is this still the ship of Theseus? Or is it a completely new ship? Because if you think about it, you know, would it be possible to take all the old boards, salvage them and build an exact and build a, a, a completely different ship with the original boards? That would be its own separate thing. And so it's one of those things that, you know, philosophers and logicians like to puzzle over. And it's it's been a classic paradox for many years. And there's many others. There are a lot of statements in the Bible that would seem to be paradoxes. Statements that at first glance may seem absurd or self-contradictory because it seems like they're saying two different opposite things. But when we further investigate the matter, what we're going to find is that the Bible doesn't contradict itself. Rather, in many places, it complements, it completes itself. That two principles that seemingly are at odds with each other actually help us to understand a bigger and deeper truth about whatever it is the Bible happens to be speaking about. Particularly in this area of money, there are a lot of paradoxes, it seems, about what the Bible teaches about wealth and money. And so we've talked about two of them before. Uh, The first one we we had discussed was... um, you should save for the future, but you also need to trust God to provide. And really what we we discovered in that one was that you really properly understood our job is to do everything we can do to be good stewards, but we also have to trust God to do what only he can do, and that is provide the ultimate security and peace that money can't bring us. And then the other one we had looked at was this paradox of you should build wealth, but wealth is a terrible goal. And the Bible does speak to the wisdom of building wealth and saving and planning and preparing for the future, but it also says that money in and of itself is a terrible goal in life because money cannot give us things that only God can, and that's meaning and fulfillment and purpose and true security. And so these truths are not at odds with each other, 
it only allows us to take a deeper look to understand that God's teaching us something bigger, bolder, richer in all of this. So the third paradox that I want us to look at is this one today. Money is a blessing from God, but it's a bigger blessing to give it away. The Bible speaks about the blessing of money in two regards, the blessing of receiving money, but also the blessing of parting with money. So let's start on that first phrase. How do we know that money is a blessing from God? Because I, I think th there may be some Christians that don't even believe money is a blessing, and they always equate money with materialism and greed and um, being focused on temporary things. But money is a blessing. Ecclesiastes 5.19 says, Every man, also to whom God hath given riches and wealth and given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. So people that enjoy riches and wealth and uh, the abundance that it brings, that's a gift of God. It's not a bad thing. It's it's not um, it's it's not wicked in and of itself. Proverbs ten twenty two says the blessing of the Lord it makes rich. James one seventeen says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. So God is the source of all types of blessing, including material blessing. So those that uh, enjoy riches and wealth and prosperity. They enjoy those things because God has put those into their hand. And we see in the Bible plenty of people that were blessed by God financially, good people. You look at the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, blessed by God. Over and over again, we see that pattern. Job was blessed by God. Solomon was blessed by God. David was blessed by God. So I would, I would, I would challenge you because it's sometimes we look at that and we say, okay, sure, right? There's some people in the Bible that are blessed by God financially. I don't really count myself as one of them because I live a pretty modest lifestyle. But really think about how blessed all of us are. If you live in a first world country like America, think about just how how blessed we are from the moment we wake up, from the bed we sleep in, to the air conditioning that cools our home or the heat that heats our home, to the running water, running hot water, uh, the toiletries that keep us healthy and clean from toothpaste to soap to shampoo to the cars that we drive, the cell phones that we use, the devices, the grocery stores that are full of food, the pharmacies that are full of the medications that we need. All of us have been blessed by God in an immense way. And in many ways, we are more blessed today than royalty of hundreds and thousands of years ago. So certainly these things are a blessing from God, and it should not be something that makes us kind of bow our heads in shame to say, oh, you know, it's, it's isn't it such a terrible thing that we live such a, um, a wealthy life? No, I mean, there are certainly downsides that come with all of those things, but it is a blessing, and it's something that we need to constantly direct our thankfulness to the Lord for the things that he's given us. So we've, we've all been blessed by God, maybe some more than others, but all of us can say that. But you know what's even better than receiving from God wealth and riches and prosperity the Bible says a better blessing is giving it away. It reminds me of Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. Paul was, was speaking here and he, he says, Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, It's more blessed to give than to receive. That was a theme of Jesus' teaching and preaching, that the bigger blessing comes when you are generous and you give to others. Paul also wrote to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 4. He said, even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again uh, to my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. In other words, Paul was saying, 
You guys have sent me money several times, and I'm thankful for that. And I'm really thankful not for my sake, not because I wanted something from you, but rather I wanted you to get a bigger blessing. That in that exchange between the Philippians and Paul, Paul was a beneficiary and he was blessed, but the people who were even more blessed were the Philippians because they had made an investment in eternity and they would receive riches one day in heaven for their generosity. And Paul said that's even better. That's the bigger blessing. Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 is a famous verse. Uh, Jesus says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. Like, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful picture of what it is to be blessed by God. That, that God's blessing is so generous and overabundant. It is the person who, who, when scooping your ice cream at the ice cream shop, you know, make sure that every square inch of the cone is filled first and then generously heap scoops on top, right? It's, 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 it's to the max capacity possible. You ever get a milkshake, you get a, a treat, something that's your favorite, and somebody just kind of uh, fills it up three quarters of the way and you're like, wait a second, you, you feel ripped off. But you love the person that just fills it to the brim, right? Every possible square inch. And that's what God's blessings are like. And God's biggest blessing is not in the things that he gives us in the immediate, the earthly riches. It's the blessing of being able to give to others and the heavenly reward that comes with it. So it's they're both blessings. It's a blessing to receive and it's a blessing to give away. And really, these are not in contradiction to each other. Instead, properly understood, what God is saying is that the biggest blessing comes when you allow yourself to be a channel of God's resources. When you allow yourself to receive and then from God's blessing and his abundance, share those resources with others. It's a double blessing. You're blessed when receiving and you're blessed when helping and supporting others. So really, the, the thing that we should be taking away from this is that we have to give thanks regularly for the things that God's blessed us with, and that means we need to have some perspective. I would really encourage everybody to spend some time going to uh, going to another country. If you have an opportunity to do some kind of missions work, do that. Those of you that have been on some type of missions trip, you know what I'm talking about. The perspective and the thankfulness that it brings is unmatched. Spend time helping those that are not as well off as you. you. You have a lot of opportunities within your community to help people who are hungry, who are homeless, who are struggling with addiction, who are struggling with uh, lots of different challenges. You'll be reminded very often of how good you have it, and it'll give you that perspective. But more than that, more than being thankful for your, your physical and, and immediate blessings, don't miss out on the bigger blessing. Give to see gospel change lives. Be an agent of generosity to get the gospel out to your community and across the world and give to those who are in need, whether it's, you know, veterans that have are, are struggling with PTSD or, or, or struggling with mental health, whether it's widows who uh, don't have family to support them, whether it's orphans, whether it's hungry, whether it's mentally ill. There is no shortage of opportunities to help those in needs. And when you do that, you'll see that giving and helping others in all of that, you absolutely receive the biggest blessing of all. So that's our third biblical paradox. I hope that's a great reminder for us. Money is a blessing from God, but it's a bigger blessing to give it away. I'll see you on the next episode.